Hey folks, and welcome to Last Night This Morning, Tuesday edition, I guess. Very light, well, I guess lighter in the National League, but light slate of games here. Uh, we'll get through them, right? There were some pretty interesting injuries, I guess, that were going to be devastating in San Diego's cases. They try to battle back in this division, and they struggle, and struggle and struggle um honestly it was a day dominated by pitchers if you look at the top performers board you see the top seven players on this board were pitchers featuring names that we're all familiar with at this point justin hooper of seattle cody mccuckt of milwaukee huge huge debate about how to pronounce this gentleman's name i'm just gonna go with mccuckt peter mackeracker of miami and others. We'll get into it here as we go through. Let's start in the American League. Oakland coming off of winning two of three against the Angels. Will now have to win two straight if they plan to do the same to Seattle, as was sort of hinted by Scott earlier as they fall 4 nothing to the Mariners. This is an interesting way to look at these things. The, the records are not on these. That's fascinating. Shelby Miller went five innings for the A's, giving up four runs, allowing 11 base runners. To fall to two and five with a five nine six ERA, the incomparable Justin Hooper went seven and two thirds, striking out eleven to prove to five and two. While Teo Otenhoff makes his Seattle debut, walks one, strikes out two in a scoreless frame at the end of this game. The outcome here never really in doubt. Seattle got off to a very early start, scoring three runs in the first inning, uh, uh, courtesy of the bats of Mark Baker and Julian Silva, who hit a uh, Zero, I guess a no-out, bases-loaded double in the first. As Shelby Miller just really fell apart early, kind of put it back together for a second, uh, and was pulled early on. The A's held the three hits as Greg Faustini, the rookie, finally getting his chance, goes 0-4 with a halo. Chad Scott goes 0-4 with a halo. A lot of strikeouts for this team today. Really just nobody hit the ball well. Uh, Trevor Story, Mike Moustakas continued to struggle heavily at the bottom of this lineup. That is the story in Oakland. Oakland's going to have to win two if they want to battle back and win this series. In Milwaukee, the Brewers win one nothing, as mentioned, behind a spectacular effort from Cody McCuck. This, he improves to 7-1 with a 3.70 ERA. Goes four innings, strikes out six, lost seven base runners. And then Keon Thompson, um, Monello, and, and Juan Arias will come through, also pitching a shutout. A combined four-pitcher shutout here. For Milwaukee, the story for San Diego is Dalton Jeffries throws one pitch, gets an out, and leaves the game. Um, it is a tear in his elbow. I, I, again, ironically, Angelo Simmons just happened to ground out on the pitch, but he is likely done for this season. The 25-year-old, not technically first-year player, but he is still qualifying as a rookie, will now miss the rest of the 2021 season. He has made 14 starts. Over two years in San Diego, posting a 4-1-1 ERA, a 3-7 record. Uh, he has had 13 home runs over 76 innings, so it's not that nothing terrible. You know, he's posting a normal BABIP. He's been fine. He has not been good to an incredible extent, but you do have high hopes for the kid as he was very good down in the minor leagues. He'll now be out for a while, right? And it's a bummer to see. He was acquired by uh, the Padres in 2019 in a trade with Toronto. Uh, when they extracted Luis Perez over there, he came over Jalen Perry, Nate Hutchinson, Roberto Gerardo. Right, so you hate to see it for a team that really is struggling at this point. Dalton Jeffries will be out for some time. 
Uh, Milwaukee's offense also sputtered, by the way. There were just two hits for the Brewers. One of them just happened um, to be, honestly, the guys that scored didn't even get a hit. It was Juan Sanchez walked, or Jose Sanchez, excuse me. No, it was Juan. Juan Sanchez walked, and then he got over to third, and Travis Jankowski would sacrifice him in. So not a, a ton to really be excited about offensively for Milwaukee, but they get the win. Couple that with the fact that Quan Yi Wee was injured as he got hit by a pitch in the first inning uh, by reliever Jose Alvarado, who ended up giving up the, the run to take the loss. Wee seems fine. I think he'll be out for a couple of days, maybe a week at most. That's he's just got a, he's got a, um, a fat contusion, essentially. Um, but hopefully he comes back. Either way, Milwaukee gets the win over San Diego to start off their series. St. Louis will take down Chicago after the White Sox won a couple of games big over the weekend. They go back to, you know, what they're used to at this point, and they fall 7-1 to one to the Cardinals. Craig Cooper improves to 5-5 five and five as he goes 7-2 and two thirds, striking out 6 uh, to get his fifth win of the year. He has lowered his year rate of 4.47. Judd Graham falls to 0-2 with the White Sox. I believe that's 0-7 on the year. As he goes six innings, he's at three runs, and the White Sox just continue to get worse in the game from there as Juan Ramos gives up three runs over an inning, and then you have Josh Johnson, who is now pitching in a relief role for the White Sox, gives up a run over an inning. Nothing great. Billy Hamilton, clearly, uh, I see here back up with the big league club, which is always fun to watch as he gets on base and wreaks all kinds of havoc. St. Louis, for their part, scattered their offense across the board. Every starter got a hit uh, with Randy Malley and John Ballard getting multiple Everybody uh, contributed here. Most people scored either a run or drove in a run as well. So St. Louis moves to 29, excuse me, 28 and 19. Chicago falls to 14 and 33 as they kick off their series. In the Colorado-New York series, starting today, the Rockies strike first as they win 6-2, outhitting the the Mets 13-5 in a very impressive offensive performance here for the Rockies. Ronald Dunham goes six innings. Gives up two runs to improve to two and one on the year. Dennis Moore and Vinny Pistano will both throw relief innings out of the pen uh, in a shutout fashion. Zach Lee will give up 12 hits and walk two over five and two-thirds innings, surrendering five earned runs to take his third loss of the year. Still just a 2-6-7 ERA on the season, so that's probably one of his worst outings. The bullpen looks fine as Alexander Logan and Rivers come through and don't give up runs there, but really the story here is that the offense couldn't get going again. Den Decker, one of the only guys with hits on the team, and that's just not going to carry you through. Offensively for the Rockies, Sergio Barreto drove in a couple of runs. Carlos Barreto drove in a couple of runs. Felicio Roxa gets on base a couple times. Up and down the lineup, contributions all the way through as the Rockies are rolling there. Now 31-17, and 17, the Mets fall to 16-29. and 29. The Orioles take game one of the Orioles Twin Series as they will win 7-4 to four on a 13-hit night as well. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles starter, it looks like Navery Navarro, Nelson Navarro, excuse me, gets the win as he gets his first win of the year, winning six and two-thirds innings, allowing two runs. He's a 3.40 ERA on the year. Rod Cunningham, Paul Davis, and Cody Spencer come through to close it out for them. Paul Hale takes his first loss of the year as he was 5-0 and entering this thing. He is now 5-1. and uh, so maybe there's something wrong with this this indication series here is that this says 5-0 still. Dave Tatum goes two for three, driving in three runs. He does leave the game injured, uh, but it looks like he's just got a strained muscle in his rib cage. You've got about a week. Technically, you can play through it, but if you're Baltimore, uh, you probably don't take that chance. As you're surprisingly in this thing. Dave Tatum's going to be a big piece of your offense down the stretch. I would imagine they sit him. 
for a while. Antonio Morales also drives in a couple of runs, hitting his second home run of the year uh, as he continues to go through this thing and make some moves. So good on the Orioles for getting the win. The Marlins stop the Phillies as they finally take a loss here. Two to one in a very well-pitched game. Poor defense uh, as Macaracker in his second inning or second error of the season. He went seven in the third because of no earned runs, although that one unearned on the error by him and when Wilson King, uh, he will pitch just fine. He's now sporting a 2.11 ERA across a couple of starts. You look across this bullpen, by the way, you got Jeff Rush, Paul Klein, and then Brandon Klein. I, I don't think they're related, but all supporting sub three ERAs. His 10th save for Brandon Klein as well. Pedro Magana takes the loss, only five innings, giving up two runs. He is now three and five on the year. As the Phillies will fall back a little bit there, now 25 and 24. The Marlins improved to 29, or excuse me, 19 and 29 with the win. Cleveland takes down Detroit 5-1 behind Steven Strasburg as Strasburg returns to Detroit and wins the game. He's now 3-6 on the year with a 4.98 ERA. For Detroit, Juan Garcia takes the loss. Is that Juan Garcia? It is Juan Garcia takes the loss. He goes six innings, gives up four runs um, for the Tigers. Offensively for Cleveland, kind of a weird one. Jorge Ayala goes four for four. I said for Cleveland, not for the Tigers, right? He goes four for four, drives in a run. He continues his excellent season, batting fifth here today for the Cleveland baseball team. Kurt Suzuki grabs a couple of hits as well. I don't recognize a lot of these names in this lineup. I, I don't know who Jeremy Earman is. Uh, I, I don't really recognize the name Ryan Wheeler, although I do think he's been in the league for a while. I'm having to click into these guys to realize who they are. Alan Walker. Uh, is it Jesse Hall, Jeff Hall? Like, it looks like the Cleveland ran out their B team against Detroit and still got the win today. So good on you, Aiden, and uh, the guys getting this, this players some rest in a well-earned moment. But they win five to one. Toronto takes down the Skidding Rays uh, as they fall to twenty-two and twenty-seven. Toronto moves up to twenty-seven and twenty. John Lester wins his seventh of the year or sixth, depending on, you know, these things are all kind of crazy, but he wins the game five and two thirds innings, two earned runs. He has now got a 4.30 ERA. Shaqui Fung takes the loss going four innings. He was seven for Tampa uh, as he just was not on his game. Will McCoy went over one at the bottom of this division with a sacrifice or bottom of this lineup with a sacrifice and a couple of walks. We're getting on base really well. I love seeing this rookie play. He's going to be spectacular in Tampa for a really long time. Good to see him get playing time and let some of these young guys come up for Toronto. You see Michael Franco driving a couple of runs. Donnie Dinger's driving in some runs. John Carlos Stanton hits his 19th home run of the year. That guy is absolutely mashing the baseball. And Toronto seems to have finally picked up where they all thought that they would leave off um, sort of this year. And here's the answer to why Cleveland had all those weird players in, because they had a doubleheader. I remember that. I talked about it yesterday. Detroit would win the first game of the doubleheader, which I'm not talking about in reverse. It was 0-0 heading into the bottom of the ninth, and Jason Hayward hit a walk-off solo shot uh, with nobody on, nobody out in the ninth uh, to take the win as Rich Mason takes the loss. No, I'm sorry. Jose Guerrero takes the loss. A great game pitch by Josh Colomenter and Matthew Liberatoris. He struck out 13 over eight innings, 115 pitches thrown by the youngster to not get the decision, which is a bummer. But the Tigers did split the series with Cleveland. It's sort of a five-game series, if I remember correctly. So they just have three left, and they are now tied one-to-one. So this should be fun uh, as we go down the stretch. That is last night, this morning. It is a very short one, as we did not have a stretch of games. We will see what we can get into tonight. Um... And so we go through tomorrow. Just a really quick look, by the way, while I've got a couple of extra minutes of some of the names that have been tossed onto 
the trade block over the last couple of days. You've got guys like Jose Ortega, the fireballing reliever, was put on waivers. I don't know what happened to him, but he is out there. Chris Brown is a solid hitter playing middle infield or third base. He's not anything spectacular, but he's a good piece for somebody that needs a middle infield guy. A guy that can play a couple positions there and get on base occasionally. He won't take a big hit when your starters sit. Isaac Osicko, a player who has been in this division or this league for a very long time. A depth piece on the infield. Got a decent back. Can play third base. Or play the corner infield and some corner outfield decently. Dustin Pedroia still sitting here on the trading block. Is having a decent season um, you know, for, for Chicago. But they've kind of pulled all the interesting pieces back off of the bullpen. You do have pieces like Andres Esperanza, Rob Segedin, uh, Ramon Zaragoza, Billy Hamilton. They were also available for trade out of Chicago. But, you know, Bill Black. Uh, Roberto Torres are both been pulled off, probably rightly, I'm going to ask. Uh, let's see. Jesus Montero, Don Brown, George Springer, Arturo Cruz, all on the block out of Boston. Jose Molina, uh, not Jose, Yadier Molina, also there, excuse me, that could be had. The A's, tossing guys like Mike Moustakis, Chad Scott, Joe Maurer, Juan Francisco, Zach Greinke, John Dixon, Juan Ramos, all available. They're looking for a second baseman of the future. There are a ton of veteran bass out there, essentially, if you're looking for them and you've got some some uh, some salary to take on. You can go get somebody if you want. The Tigers sort of jokingly threw out Xavier Noonan onto the block. I know they kind of built their offense around him, so I'd be surprised if the Tigers are really looking to deal Xavier Noonan. My guess is that's just a shot at the Braves as the Braves are out there looking for a power bat. And they dealt Xavier Noonan a couple years ago to Detroit. Uh, down here in Tampa, you've got Josh Edgen. He was also one waiver, so I don't know if somebody claimed him. Joe Kelly uh, is a starter reliever type. Probably better as a reliever, but he can do both. Brian Johnson is another swing man. Again, he's a lefty. as well as Joe Kelly's a righty. Can play either in the starting uh, role or in the bullpen. Kyle Parker. Out in the outfield, Colton Wong on the infield, Roberto Lopez back out there on the outfield, and Jorge Alvarado, the first baseman from Tampa. So the trade block is starting to heat up. Again, there have been guys tossed out there that were more interesting uh, early on. You know, some of the, like, Tay Otenhoff got picked up, and you had uh, the fellow that just came over, um, Andy Otero, I believe, who just went to L.A. So you've got some other names out there. I'll be interested to see what pops onto the, the trade block here over the next couple of weeks. As we've got teams like San Diego, LA, New York, struggling more than they should with some solid pieces on their, their teams. You know, when do the, the bidding wars start? We'll find out. Thanks for listening. Talk to you all tomorrow.